You're listening to the Indie Echo Podcast, a showcase of independent music and the artists that make it. I'm Jordan, producer at High Five Music. Today features a singer-songwriter who uses dreamy guitar and vocal textures to create captivating musical atmospheres. Here's Canada's Lily Kid. the moniker Lily Kid, like L-Y-L-Y-K-Y-D. I was uh, going to university and I had this Shakespeare class. It's kind of pretentious actually, but <laughs> my professor had put um, John Lilly and Thomas Kidd, which is like Shakespeare's contemporaries on the board. And like it happened to line up as Lily Kid. And I thought like, oh, this one's pretty cool. I'm going to steal that. So I was born and raised in Kitchener, Kitchener-Waterloo area in uh, Canada. In high school, I think as many people do, they really start to get into their music tastes. I grew up on a lot of like Fleetwood Mac, Mac DeMarco, Phoebe Bridgers recently, for sure, David Bowie. Those are definitely some of the few that keep coming back, like recurring artists that I just kind of fall back into. Was music in your family? Yeah, actually, my older brother is um, official Johnny M, if you want to search him up. Uh, he's got his own uh, recording studio here in Waterloo. So yeah, we're a, we're a very musical family. My sister sings. My dad's really good at the recorder. <laughs> And is your brother the one who mixes your stuff? Yeah, I, well, I produce all my own things and then I do like a rough mix. And then for the last two singles that I released, I went to him for like final mix and master. So it's really nice having someone in the family who can help me out with those last stages. So I started playing piano when I was around 10. So I was kind of a late starter. But as soon as I started learning, I started writing music. That's definitely like something I'm really passionate about. I love the instruments and things like that, but it's usually like I just use that to songwrite. Um, that's also the reason why I learned guitar. Like I kind of just stayed stuck at chords because I mostly just use it to write songs. In high school, I was really self-conscious about like the music I was making. I had written a lot of lyrics and full songs, but it wasn't until I graduated high school that I decided to start actually producing and releasing my music. A big hurdle with that was actually completing full productions. I would always start a bunch of projects and then just abandon them and start on the next thing that interested me. But yeah, in the last like three or so years, I decided to really hammer that out and start like finishing projects, which was a fantastic choice to make because now I actually have music out. And so the first one was You Still, right? Yes. What made you think, you know, this is the one, this is the first one I'm going to put out? Right now, I have been writing songs as I produce them. So You Still started off as mostly like an instrumental thing. Um, I kind of just played like a few chords that I liked and I started recording them right away to start getting that practice of just opening a logic file and starting something. And I happened to like it a lot, so I just ran with it. And next thing I know, it was it was finished. So that's how you still came about. guitar textures and vocal textures. Does that come from some kind of direct influence? Uh, I would say it's definitely different. 
with each song because in different phases of life, I definitely listen to like different artists. For uh, Wasp Honey, for example, Phoebe Bridgers was a huge influence. Like Punisher was an album I was playing on repeat that summer. And uh, I definitely like those textures of like ambient sounds, like really echoey guitar and uh, creating a space in the music that when you listen to it, you can picture the place, you know? Yeah, because of these textures that you create, it definitely does take you to a place, especially in, in Dancing in the Ceiling, which is your latest release and probably my favorite. It's usually, it, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not just saying that, I usually have a favorite when people come on and it's usually not necessarily the most recent one, <laughs> but in this case it is. I just love those, it's like tropical guitar tones. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, I mean, Texture is really important to me, for sure. And uh, thanks for saying that's your favorite, by the way. I feel like it's my favorite so far, too. But yeah, for Dancing in the Ceiling, it was a lot of like synths. And like I have like a guitar running throughout that definitely carries the song through. But yeah, I would say synthesizers and vocal effects definitely are a big part of that song. And I experimented a, l- a little more with uh, like background vocals and harmonies like that, because that's also something I really like in the music I listen to. say you had like formal training at all? Um, I took piano lessons for, I want to say like seven years. Uh, But yeah, that's about it for formal training. It's funny, like, you know, I was drumming for years and then I got lessons later. So they're like, okay, stop that and do right, left, right, left, right. Oh, I I hate that. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. I feel like it just sucks all the creativity out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, like having to like start with the rudiments and I feel like it boxes you in a lot. So I I kind of was happy to stop going to lessons and just get back in touch with, you know, just experimenting for yourself and not not sticking to like theory and like rules and and all these things. It's important to know the rules so you can break them well, but Mm -hmm. it can only go so far for me personally. And when you're musically minded, sometimes a lot of it is intuitive, oddly, because like I'll be doing vocal harmonies for some artists and I don't have like a music theory background or anything based on like just songs I've heard and, and over the years listening to a bunch of music and different harmonies, like I like pick out what sounds good. Sometimes it's all that's necessary. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think like listening to a lot of music, listening to a diverse range of music, I think can give you a really good education about like how you want to make music and what sounds right and feels right for you. You have kind of a, a steady release schedule going. I mean, it was like once every six months or so. Sort of, yeah. I mean, I always have the intention to release a lot more often than I do. I have this uh, thing where I have like a sudden burst of energy and it's like, go, 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 get everything done, do everything. And then I'll like die for like three months and then reanimate again. So yeah, the schedule isn't so much a schedule as it is like me riding my creative waves. (laughs) What would you say is the biggest creative hurdle you have? Probably that, like harnessing energy for me is really difficult and definitely gets in the way of the things that I want to do. Being able to like sit down and force yourself to work and actually get something out of it, I think is really important. And uh, it's something I'm working towards like every day. Definitely since I started releasing music, I try to balance my energy more instead of, you know, going 
full force for a week and then just leaving it. Yeah, I would definitely say that's like a big hurdle of mine. And are the singles of yours leading up to something or are you just kind of one at a time? One at a time. Yeah, like with music, I love it and it's definitely my passion, but I don't I don't really take anything too seriously. It's not like I'm working towards an album. I think one day I will definitely want to. Um, but right now I'm just trying to find my sound, figure out where I want to go with this. And if you know there's people listening, then definitely I'll set bigger goals like an album. But for now, it's just, um, you know, single by single, whatever I feel like doing. And so far, so good. <laughs> you seem to have found a pretty comfortable genre and overall sonic sound with, uh, I guess, lo-fi pop, you'd say? I would say so, yeah. Are there other genres you want to explore? I have a lot of songs written that haven't seen the recording studio. And I think it's very different to what I've actually been making. Like, I think producing songs as I write them dictates a lot of like those textures and things because that's what I prioritize when I'm doing that. But in the future, when I'm producing songs that are already written, I think it's definitely going to have more of like a, an acoustic vibe. I think that's something I'm going to be moving towards or something a little heavier. It's just about being able to have that vision come true in the way that I really want it to. And I think that's what's really intimidating for me is grabbing a song I've already written, having a really clear idea of what I want from it, and then getting frustrated trying to get that out of like, a, you know, the production stage. Do you play live at all? I used to before, <laughs> before COVID. So uh, I had a band called Lunar Motel. We were all based in Toronto and uh, we were actually doing a few shows. We got uh, featured for an open mic night and uh, we won a battle of the bands. And it was a lot of fun. It's it's definitely something I'm, I, it pushed me out of my comfort zone, which is what I really liked about it. What would you say is the most difficult part of one of your songs to put together? The freaking vocals. Like, <laughs> it's so difficult to get a take that I actually like. My forte is songwriting and producing. That's what I really like doing. So, you know, if I'm writing songs, I have this need to like sing my own songs, but I'm not like primarily a vocalist. So I definitely have a tough time like grinding out a good take or like overdoing it. And then like, you know, I'm like vocally tired and I have to start again the next day. If it's one day where I'm just taking like a take after take after take, I know that it's not really going to be that fruitful. Um, I find that a lot of the takes that I end up with are like the initial ones that I do in in my mind aren't going to be the ones that are in the the final cut. So yeah, I think it, it's definitely something that like if I'm relaxed and I'm not actually putting too much pressure on myself, that's the take I get. Exactly. I even feel that doing like voiceover sometimes for this show, it's like if I'm not thinking about it too much, that's the one that I pick. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. It's, it's getting out of your head is the trick, really. Yeah. 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 Have you done any like co-writes with other artists? No, actually. Is that something you'd be interested in? I think so, yeah. I think that's something that would also push me out of my comfort zone is working with other artists. I, I tend to get very like isolated when I'm writing music or producing. It's definitely like a just me in the room and I'm focusing. So I think collaborating with other artists would definitely open my mind to other ideas more. I definitely see both sides of it where it's like, there's a pride thing where it's like, yeah, this is my music, my emotions, my song. But at the same time, you could, you know, be in a songwriting session with someone and they have like the idea that sparks the main hook or whatever happens to be. And it, in the end, it still ends up being your story, just kind of a more of a collaborative process with it. Yeah. And, and that's the beautiful thing about collaborating is that, you know, with more than one person, you get those ideas that otherwise you wouldn't get. So who would be a dream collaborator of yours? Probably 
Phoebe Bridgers and this kind of people. Yeah. Honestly, St. Vincent would be, that'd be sick. (laughs) St. Vincent's like my hero. She's so cool. And I think her production style is so neat. And she has such a, like a, you can tell she's really disciplined with her, her work. So I would love to just be around that energy and see what happens. Do you have any career highlights so far? Well, one highlight is um, Wasp Honey actually got over 2K listens, which was really cool. I wasn't expecting that. And, uh, you know, if I get like 100 on Spotify, I'm like, sick, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's sick. But yeah, no, I think having 2K listens was like a really eye-opening experience for me because I was like, wow, you know, people are listening and that's really exciting to me. I really like, uh, which one was it? Oh, it's the drums in uh, Forget. It's like a kind of 80s vibe. All of your songs kind of an 80s vibe to them, but uh, do you spend much time thinking about the percussion elements of it? I definitely spend a lot of time like trying out different things. I know Logic has been such a lifesaver for that because like I played Cajon for uh, this band that I was in with my brother called Johnny the Duo. So I do have like a bit of a percussive background, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's something that I think is really important because it can make or break a song, I think. Like if you don't have the right beat supporting the melodies and, and all the other instruments, it can really fall apart. for like you know how does this mix sound that kind of thing a lot of it really does come down to sound selection just picking the beat saying this is good enough calling it a day that usually won't fly sometimes you get lucky but yeah it's important to you know have that quality on every element going into it yeah sometimes you can tell when it's like uh, you know the beat was just kind of thrown on to that track as like a placeholder and was never changed and you hear that on some of like mainstream popbacks too. Yeah, yeah. And some of it might come down to demo-itis, where like they just listen to that version so many times, they're like, this has to be the one, right? You know? It becomes the only one that sounds right, and that's really dangerous. Because mm-hmm. when you don't like step away and then come back and, and you know, actually hear the music for what it's giving you, then you fall into that, into that rut. One good thing about that burst of energy is that it gives me a lot of time to leave a project and then come back and listen to it with fresh ears, you know? So I guess it's not all downside for that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes for me, it's day to day. I'll go to sleep being very proud of something, wake up like, oh. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there for sure. Like working yeah. till like 3 a.m. on something and while you're working on it, you're in the floor, you're like, oh yeah, this is like the greatest thing I've ever made. And then the next day is like, oh wow. Actually dancing in the ceiling was like this, it started off as a, as an audio recording, I had like the melody in my head. And even at the end of the recording, you can hear me going like, well, that's nothing. And then I went back to it like a few months later, listened to it and was like, oh, maybe there's something here. And uh, I fell in love with it again, you know? It came out so good. I, I just love- Thank you. I, I could listen to that loop, just the the main loop on repeat. Like, <laughs> you actually should do like one of those YouTube 10 hour videos where it's just that <laughs> yeah. for sleep meditation or something. There's one of those for like everything. Is there anything people should look forward to in the future? My next single, which probably will come out in six months. (laughs) 
But yeah, I'm going to be posting to Instagram a lot more and hopefully working towards that faster than the last couple of releases I've had. So yeah, just keep an eye out for that. Links to Lily Kid's music and everything else can be found in the show notes. Indiego is a product of High Five Music, a digital production studio that brings your bedroom demos to life. If you want your music produced, mixed, or remixed, visit the link on my Instagram at High Five Music, and you can follow the show at Indie Echo Podcast. Thank you for listening.